What's going on, everybody? This is a great sports card podcast, episode number four. This is a bonus with the man, Brad Beeman, who runs the Shipshawana Card Fest and just put on one of the best shows that I've ever been to, the Black Friday show in Fort Wayne. Brad, you want to talk about that? Yeah, no, thanks for uh, having me on. I, I don't know why it took four episodes, but that's fine. I thought maybe <laughs> I'd be on the first one, but it's okay. Uh, no, I appreciate you guys first and foremost. I mean, Logan is uh, a centerpiece for any show that I do now. He just treats people the right way and always has amazing inventory. And of course, Joe, I mean, day one written all over you. I mean, you're at the very first show we ever did. And, um, so it's cool for me to be on a, a podcast or a, a video with friends. Um, but no, it was really exciting. Obviously, we just celebrated the three-year anniversary of the Shipshawana Card Fest, and uh, it was good for my brain to, rather than obsess over that show like I do, um, to have something new to think about and a new space, a new venue. Um, I hope you guys felt the same way. I felt like the building we used for this one was tremendous for a card show. I, I was blown away by the space and the way we were able to lay it out. Um so I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you guys did too. When you were the first couple people I asked for feedback from on how you felt the show went and how you liked it. Um, I will tell you for next year, I'm not sure about running it back on Black Friday. I think maybe one of the first two weekends in November might be better because it felt like for the amount of promotion <laughs> I did, um, the crowd was really good. But I almost expected it to maybe be 10, 20 percent bigger than that. Um, but I, I got a lot of messages from people saying that, uh, you know, it's the busiest travel weekend on the calendar. So I wouldn't mind running that back uh, when the first weekend or two of, of November, depending how the other big shows fall. But no, and I'd, I would absolutely love to hear your guys's feedback as well. I'm going to let. So um, as a vendor. I don't think the I think I honestly think the Black Friday portion of it was uh very unique, not something a lot of people do. Um and it also like the Molar show is always the same that weekend, um, which is like one of the biggest shows. Um and for what you've done, um competing with that immediately. I think was a great thing. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, the travels—it's tough. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I went—I traveled five hours to and back for Thanksgiving, but I wasn't missing the show for anything either. So. No, and I really appreciate that because, um, like I said, I know the travel was tough on the vendors. Um, one of the things kind of behind the scenes things that vendors and guests probably don't think about is I couldn't find a vendor to bring me tables. So I literally rented them from Shipshawana, got a U-Haul, had a couple guys help me load it, bring it down. Um, and if we did it on another weekend, maybe, you know, I could just get someone to drop the tables for me and save me, save us a lot of work and, and expense, uh, that way. But if people like you and Joe said, hey, I think the Black Friday thing is super unique and makes the show what it is, I, I don't have any problems running it back on Black Friday, but I almost think it could be better if we run it maybe a weekend or two earlier than what we did. But I appreciate that, and I do have a lot of respect for the Mueller show and um, probably about the only two Black Friday shows going on, and, and they're not that far away from each other. 
And then from a, from a buyer's perspective, somebody that was uh, walking the floor and not set up as I don't prefer to set up at this point in my collecting journey. Um, it was very, very fun um, walking that, seeing some familiar faces and some new faces there. Um, like Logan said, the, the Black Friday thing is uh, very unique. And because uh, Black Friday has such a, a big shopping thing around it. Mm. And now I got to go Black Friday shopping for sports cards, which is one of my favorite things to do. So uh, that was super cheap or super uh, awesome, I meant. Um, and uh, I got some really good deals there. So I'm super satisfied with that. Uh, right when I walked in, I bought a big deal with a great person. So that was really good. That's a good play on words. <laughs> yeah we'll we'll debate that back and forth for quite a while the good news is i just thought the other day we'll probably release our show calendar uh to for the three ship shawana shows we'll do the march we'll do memorial day weekend labor day weekend and then i really want that fort wayne show to be the fourth quarter show but we'll probably just write november 2024 on the calendar and take three or four good months to figure out, do we want to run it back on Black Friday or do we want to try another weekend? Because there's there's definitely pros and cons. The genesis of why we did it on Black Friday was because it's just a lot of guys that I know are just sitting at home waiting on for some terrible football to come on. And it was just kind of like a fun concept. And I loved all the giveaways we incorporated because I do feel like it kind of had that get there early drawings, Black Friday giveaways, um, I just had a lot of fun. Uh, sometimes Shipshawana can be so serious uh, because there's guys that come there that are that are counting on making five, ten, twenty thousand dollars, and you feel like you have to have a certain level of crowd, you have to have a certain level of money in the room. And the Fort Wayne show just felt fun. Like I think we inherently had that, but I didn't have to plan for it as much. It was just set up to be a fun show. And uh, it was a nice break, but I'll be excited to get back to ship show on in March and, and, and the big show, I call it for me. So uh, I think the, for me, the biggest difference between the two shows was the space um, in ship Shawana, uh It gets pretty crowded and, you know, in the thick of it uh, at this show, we definitely had a lot more room to walk and that was, that was nice, but you know, it's a good, it's, also a good thing when you know you're having to rub elbows to somebody to get through it means you're doing something right so uh very very uh different with the with a different venue yeah we um we talked about that a lot i had a ton of people come up and say i love ship but man it was so nice to have these huge aisleways and for anyone watching this that wasn't there basically we were in a basketball arena that had six courts and we were only using four of the courts to spread the 120, 125 tables across. So we had these gigantic aisleways. Um, and I always say it's good and bad as a promoter. On one hand, I want everyone to be super comfortable. But on the other hand, Ship is kind of cool because it makes for some great pictures when it, everyone just looks like crammed in like sardines. It's almost like that awesome diner you go to where there's never enough seating, but it kind of makes it cooler because <laughs> there's not enough seating and you're fighting to get a seat. It makes it feel like you're somewhere really special. So um, I like it both ways. The, the crowded venue is kind of fun uh, as a promoter, uh, but I also love the compliments that we got with, you know, people being able to spread out and um, 
really do deals. And, and if someone wanted to bring an extra table for supplies or something like that, it was like, sure, you can, about Chip Shawana, I'm just like, no, we're just literally out of square footage. But at, at Fort Wayne, it was just like, yeah, do anything you want. You, we got two basketball courts behind us full of room. You could stretch out, do anything you need to do. So it was very fun. I, I love the venue. That's probably my biggest takeaway from it all was that one, our ship Shawana crowd will travel Two, we got to meet some really new people that might not have I'm, I'm met before. And then three, that the show traveled so well. And obviously the core of that was getting visitors like you and, and um, you know, Josh Freed and, and Bodner and Barnes and all these guys, um, uh, Motor City Marks, all these guys that come to ship Shawana, they all came down and supported us. And then, you know, the first 20 or 30 tables I booked were I made sure Logan was there. You know, I made sure Jason Golubsky was there. I made sure Brad Hollister was there. I wanted to cover all of our bases to make sure that we were taking care of people. You know, it's really important in a show that everyone finds something. So it's very important to me that we have vintage, we have supplies, we have everything. So I really try to watch our dealer mix. And I was really proud of that. Hopefully, Joe, as you're walking the show, you felt like, yeah, everything I need here and it's high level and, and there's plenty to look at and buy. Um, towards the end of the show, before I made my last pickup, um, I was like, okay, I kind of hit everything that I came in here looking for. I'm like, I want a nice MIDI to top this off. And I hadn't seen one to that point. And then, um, I literally, uh, was talking to Mitten State Cards, my buddy, he yeah. also likes Tigers. Um, Great guy. I'm like, I need a nice MIDI to top off the show. I walked two tables down and I saw this. Oh, Nice. That's a 2013 museum collection, and it's jersey numbered. Well, you can't beat that, can you? And look at the patches on that, too. Yeah, that's a serious Miggy card for sure. Yeah, that's a great one. Now, in your line of cards, it's probably not even top five, but for most people, that'd be a huge <laughs> That'd be like uh, Logan's Jarvis Landry collection. It takes a pretty big one to to get into the top five these days. Yeah, uh, luckily enough, I, I I picked up a uh, top two um, at the show. So, so you got the shield. Is there a what's the other one? A laundry patch, maybe something like that. So there's this one, the shield. Um, there's the uh, I don't even know where it went. Uh, there is the uh, just base auto one on one, like just an auto no patch. And then there's um, this set that this set has a one on one. Um, haven't seen it yet, but it's the only one on one I'm missing, and the only card I'm missing to finish this rainbow. Um, the star swatches. I'm only missing the to five, and the uh, just auto non patch. I think I'm missing the to three and the to five, and that's it. I think it's cool that you jumped all over that because I know I still kick myself. There was one year, maybe two, three years ago, Reggie Miller signed heavy and flawless. Like he had all kinds of game worn patches and jerseys and there were like 10 of them online and you could buy them for seven or $800 because the supply was high. And I just kept waiting and waiting thinking, Oh, there's so much supply because he signed heavy this year. And now it's like those cards are too grand and you can never find them. And if they come on eBay, they sell immediately. So I, I think it's awesome. You jumped all over it and, and are grabbing the inventory while it's out there. Yeah. So it's his only Browns auto. And as a, obviously as a diehard Browns fan, that's 
Uh, he's my favorite Brown of all time, my favorite player of all time. Yeah. Um, so it was a, it was an absolute must to snag and try to finish the rainbow as quickly as possible because I know other Browns fans and other Jarvis collectors that feel the same way I do, and I wasn't letting them get the chance. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally get it. So, so, Brad, I got a question for you is, um, to change it up a little bit. So what really got you into like, hey, I really want to do a show? Like, I, I really want to put on a show. The new show or just in the very beginning? Just very beginning. Yeah, so I've, I've uh, hopefully I don't bore anyone that's watched some previous things because uh, I've told this story a few times, but I think it's fairly interesting. Um, so when I got into collecting, it was 2014. And I was chasing players like Dante Moncrief and Jarvis Landry year, baby. Yeah. Philip Dorsett. I should have been chasing Jarvis Landry. Uh, it would have turned out better <laughs> for me than the Dante Moncrief staff. But um, so I got into collecting first couple of years was more like I discovered breaks uh, on man. I, you guys probably, I don't know how far you guys go back, but there used to be a thing. It's probably still running, but YouTube took over and whatnot. It's called breakers.tv. It was a yeah. website and like platinum was the king of it. But uh, I never really went into that one. I had other rooms I would go to like uh, big herd who works for Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Mahan now and a couple yeah. other guys. And I got into breaking and then basically all this stuff would come in the mail and I'd be like, well, I don't, I don't want half this stuff. So I would start setting up at shows and then started going to shows. And so, you know, right as COVID's hitting, there was a show in Elkhart, Indiana, in an abandoned mall. Fred, who owns a shop up there, put it on. And he's a great guy. It was a great show, but it was in a, like an abandoned store. And there was no AC, no restrooms. And it was absolutely packed. We're just all in there sweating, looking at cards. Like, And I just thought to myself, if this is packed, <laughs> what if I put on a card show in like a really nice space and, you know, really promoted the heck out of it. I bet I could, I bet I could do this. It's probably like everyone starts a card show, right? Like, Oh, I could do this. Like you get the tables, you get the chair. So I started over in Shipshawana cause that's where my wife is from. And my uh, in-laws have some buildings and things that I'm able to, to use and was able to start in a pretty economical way. So we started off in the hotel that you probably spend the night at. We started off in the conference center in the farmstead with 60 tables and the first show was, I mean, dead middle of COVID in Michigan was shut down. You could not have shows. You could not hardly go anywhere in Michigan. So I throw this show and I'm expecting maybe two, 300 people to come. Well, it's like they came flying across the border. <laughs> Michigan just overtook the show. Joe was there. We probably had five, 600 people instead of two or 300 and the dealers were overwhelmed. Everyone made a lot of money. Funny enough, I got sick with an intestinal infection and could barely come out of a hotel room. I got this, the table set up, but my daughter actually ran the first show and I was barely out there. I didn't even collect the money. I, I went to the ER three days later and had to get IVs and I was in bad shape. But the show was a big success. Um, we ran a second show back. And because Michigan was kind of opening up, it didn't go as well. Like we got half as many people. The dealers were kind of disappointed. And so I'm like, okay, well, luckily for me, a guy named Ryan Johnson came to my third show. He wanted to come to the first two, but it just didn't work out. So he came to the third show and we had another huge show because he was coming. 
and people liked the first one. And it was really a combination of two things. One, Ryan came, made a video, and that video turned out on YouTube all winter long. We didn't run another show until February. And by February, the market was twice as hot. Ryan's video had been running, and we kind of had a clue what we were doing. And as luck would have it, my father-in-law kicked us out of that hotel room because he um, he could get better money from other people to rent it or the hotel conference space. And that barn that we're in now was not being used for anything but gun shows three times a year. So he kicked us out. He goes, you'll have a bigger space, wink, wink. Well, it was really, he wanted to get his real rate for the room. And I was taking up, you know, what could be more money for, for the family, which I was totally the right thing to do. So he kicked us over to the barn. Ryan's video was churning. The market was twice as hot. And then that show just exploded. That February or March show of 2022, 2021, whatever year it was, it was just like people were walking around buying out dealers because you could not lose money buying and selling cards at the time. I mean, you just COVID stimulus money was flying and that show just really set the trajectory like a rocket ship. Ever since then, it's just grown and grown and grown. But that's kind of the story of I thought I had I could build a better mousetrap. And then we sprinkled a little bit of social media uh, buzz on top of it. And it just turned into what it is today, thankfully. Yeah, that's how I originally um, found out about the show. So um, was the March video with Ryan yeah. um, or February. Uh, but um, so the the reason was, is I had uh I had Tommy John. So during, so literally I had Tommy John, I came back and through like a rehab inning and we sat down at B-dubs and my head coach walked up to me, tapped me on the back and said, Hey, I hope you enjoyed the one inning you were going to throw this year because we're all going home. Oh, you guys got shut down. I had, I had to do rehab outside of my house because my doctors were all in Columbus because I transferred over because obviously I went to school in Circleville and everything. So I had to do my rehab from my own inside my house or outside my house. So when I was doing my weighted ball drills or my towel drills, I was watching the Shipshawana card show <laughs> with Ryan. And then right after school, I, uh, I ultimately from that video, I knew who Ryan was. So I went and asked for a job, and that's how all this is. Oh out. man, I didn't realize that yeah. it's all connected. Wow, that's pretty. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty amazing. And then I met you in Lima. <laughs> well, yeah, and right. I want to talk about Lima in a second. Um, I will say this because I don't want to overstep it and make it seem like, oh, I started this show and then Ryan made a video and boom, it was successful. Um, we got absolutely blessed. Uh, by the first set of vendors that we got. I, I call them my day ones, even to this day. Um, I wanted to make sure, just like with this Fort Wayne show, that we had a good core. So I got a, I knew I had to get a guy named Andy Paolo, who still sets up with us today. Uh, and I knew of a couple other guys I had to have at the show. And I thought, if nothing else, if everyone that signs up is horrible, <laughs> at least I know I have three vendors there that are dealers that will absolutely kill it for me. And I was so blessed. I don't know if it was a God thing, what it was, but people like Brad Hollister and Ken Stinnett and Bodner and Barnes and Josh Freed, all these guys just showed up and they were there. They were Dennis Kimball who runs the Lansing show. Um, 
Johnny Fords, like all these guys like showed up. They had no reason to believe in that show whatsoever. And it was just this really cool confluence of a lot of awesome dealers and shops that just like day one were like, yeah, we'll try this kid out. And uh, Brad Hollister still says to this day, the only reason I did that show was because you're the only person I knew that actually spent money on a like high level flyer. Uh, and I still take a lot of pride in our flyers and our videos and stuff we do. Uh, but yeah, so I don't want to step over that and not mention them because with if they if a lot of people show up and your dealers aren't to par, that show dies quickly. We got blessed that like our first show was really loaded with just awesome guys. And and I had a little bit to do with that, but there was a lot of luck or God involved in that because I didn't know half of the people that show, showed up and all of them were tremendous. And most of them still set up with us today. But, oh, I, really quick, Lima. So uh, during the time when you could just start a show and throw 300 tables out and fill them and the room would be packed, uh, the guys over at Jumbos, who, by the way, are tremendous to our show, anything we ever need or want, they'll promote. there's no animosity. They'll promote the heck out of our show. We make sure we don't run our shows on the same weekend. Really have a ton of respect for those guys. Um, I went over to Jumbos because I was like, this show's going to just be killer. Like, they're going right off the bat in this huge venue. And so I went over there, and the show was. It was still one of the top five best shows I've ever been to as far as pack and, like, deals everywhere. Uh, and I came up on your table and I didn't know you from Adam. And I just said, like, we had this conversation. I bought a Peyton Manning kaboom off of you. I don't know if you remember that. Yep. And uh, I just said, you have stuff that everyone loves. There's a great variety here. It's not just stuff that someone's trying to get rid of from a break or from retail. You've put a lot of thought into this. I said, I really want you. We're sold out, but I'll make a room for you to come over and then I don't know if you were working for Ryan yet then or not, or if I made that connection, but it was within yeah. a couple of shows after that we got you in. And and I will say this, I just thought the other day, Logan literally started in the back of the Shipshawana show and now your front room and you do an amazing job for us. So it's kind of a cool story that I feel like I found this hot pitching prospect in the minors and uh, gave him a shout at the show. It's not that big. You would have been super successful with that with or without the Shipshawana show, but uh, I do feel like I was like, that guy's got it. Uh, just the way I feel about Brent Shannon, like I feel like that he's on his way to being huge. So because he does it, he's following the Logan Harris card collector to template to to perfection. It's great cards and treat people the right way. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because uh, when you first walked up, you're like, yeah, I, I'm interested in this uh, Manning Kaboom, and I was like, okay, what are you thinking? And we agreed on price, and you're like man, you got some really cool stuff. I run a show and I was like, well, I know what show you run <laughs> because I was working for Ryan at the time. And the reason why I wasn't able to get into the next two is because Ryan loved him to death, but he was like, you can't have that off because I'm going. <laughs> and I was like, makes total sense because I, I really want to. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, he'd bring JD and Dustin over. <laughs> and uh they would make a weekend of it and uh but yeah i'm glad that uh i know that you and ryan have a great relationship to this day but i'm glad that uh you were able to both come because you you both mean a lot to the show yeah i just don't like know how so. that worked out but i, I bribed <laughs> them somehow yeah the show means uh a lot to me too um it's the only show that i can in even try to convince my wife to come to. <laughs> she loves coming to Ship Shawana because uh, we'll 
it's harder now with a dog, but uh, you, before we would make a weekend out of it, you know, we'd get a hotel room, we'd hang out and then hit trade night and then hit the show the next day. And she would walk around with me. She gets excited to see you because you're, you know, you're such a energetic person with a big smile, even when you're dumped from being, <laughs> you know, busy on, on show day, you, you don't let that affect whoever you talk to and you have a very infectious smile and infectious personality. So, uh, I appreciate that. That's very kind. Yeah. That's part of the reason that you have such a successful show too, because um, think about a show promoter walking up to you, tired, groggy, grumpy. You're not going to want to go back. So uh, that's don't short yourself in that, in that aspect either. No. And I just, I just love cards and people. And um, I think the coolest thing you can ask someone is what did you pick up today? And I learned so much just about the hobby in general by what people are picking up, whether it's PC or, or whether it's other things. I will tell you the thing I'm worst about is I recognize people's faces. Like you can come to my show one time and I could see you at the mall six months later. And I'd be like, that guy's been at my show. The problem I have is I have no idea what your name is. <laughs> like it, I have to meet you three times before I remember the name. Uh, so I know it's Joe and Alex. And I know it's Logan. I, I know all those. But um, that's the one thing I do feel bad about because sometimes I'll run into someone at like Nats and I'm like, you come to my show, bud, because <laughs> I forget. <laughs> but um, but no, you're right. I do really love people because, I mean, I always think of it this way, like someone on a Saturday or a, or a Memorial Day or a Labor Day could have been anywhere, you know, in the world and they chose to come to the card show and it means a ton and um, I still at seven thirty in the morning on show day have a panic attack. Like, I wonder if no one comes to this one and I have all these dealers staring at me where all the people, uh, but thankfully people keep, keep showing up and I hope the hobby, uh, maintains its, its momentum and, uh, everyone still loves going to card shows for the next few years. Cause we would love to do it for many years to come. I think that's one thing that also uh, that you mentioned is like underrated and unique about the Shipshawana show and the Black Friday show. They're all on holidays. Yeah, it makes I, think that's, I think that's very well planned because like on Labor Day and Memorial Day, a lot of people have Friday and Monday off of work because they have their four day weekends that weekend mm -hmm. and those weekends. And a lot of people show up because I mean, to be honest with you, on Labor Day, if I wasn't sitting at a card show, my wife's making me clean the house. I'd rather be at a card <laughs> show. <Yeah. laughs> well, that, that's, and I would love your guys' feedback, too. Um, that's the big quandary I have for this year is because of construction, we pulled the shows off of the holidays. We did them the Sunday before the holiday. And the vendors raved about it. They were like, oh, my gosh, it makes the travel so much easier to have a Saturday night, trade night, Sunday show. But there is a very, very vocal minority who loves that holiday show. They want it on Memorial Day. They want it on Labor Day. It's an easier day for them to go. And to your point, Logan, you either have something to do or you don't on a holiday. So that's why it kind of works. Uh, but I'd be interested what you guys feel as someone that sets up and someone that goes or goes to the show. Do you love the Sundays? Or do you prefer the Monday holiday show, which is kind of how we started it? So we, we've we definitely talked about this before. Um, I really like the idea of the Monday shows because it doesn't happen very often. And 
all almost all jobs get that Monday off. Yeah, it's a big off day. So not every single one, obviously, but a good amount. So I think it's super unique. But either way, um, there's no way I'm missing it, whether it's Saturday <laughs> trade night, Sunday show, Sunday trade night, Monday show. You could have it on a Wednesday. I'll be there. <laughs> that that was cool. Uh, I will tell you, there were there were a couple Shipshuana vendors when I asked them about coming to Black Friday that were like, that's not going to work. Um, and then there were people like you and Brent and Brad Hollister and Jason Galeski that were like, just what time? Like, yeah. tell me what time and I will be there. I don't, you, you could have it on the moon on a Tuesday. I just believe in you, Brad. I believe that if you say we can do it, we'll do it. And that's, that gives you more confidence than, than you even know. Um, even though I will tell you on black Friday, I was nervous because at eight 30 started at nine, there was hardly anyone in there. And I'm used to ship Joanna where at like seven 45, there's 250 people <laughs> around already. They're banging down the doors. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, what do you think? Um, personally, I like the holiday stuff better because, um, I know that way I don't have to stress at all with work because um, I do not do cards full time. So um, so that's an advantage for me, but I get most weekends off, so uh, it should work either way. But I will try my hardest to be there regardless. Um, but if they say I got to work, I got to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, <laughs> hey, I totally I totally get that. And the good news is the first show in March is always a Saturday show. Um, and then we are doing Memorial Day Monday because there were a few people last year that were like, will you please at least do one mon Monday next year? So Memorial Day Monday, the really the wild card is the Labor Day show. Um, I could make an argument doing it on Labor Day Monday. I could make an argument that there's something cool about doing it on the last Sunday before the NFL starts. There's some kind of, you know, people are like, hey, this is my last chance to really go to a card show. Uh before the NFL season and make my moves, but um, we're definitely going to try Memorial day Monday. And I've told the Monday minority Monday people that if it, it just is bonkers, then we'll, we'll run labor day on Monday too. But so far in my mind, it'll be Monday, Memorial day, Sunday, labor day, but I'm flexible. I'll move things. I'm not like, I don't mean this in a bad way. The monthly shows are like, we're having at this date, no matter what happens. And I'm always looking at everything. Like, there's just certain things I'm not going to compete with. I'm not going to do my show on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not going to do it on, you know, 4th of July. That's a whole different level of holiday. So um, we're super flexible. Whatever we think will bring the most people. You got anything to add, Logan? I do not. I do not. I think uh, I've gotten off uh, a lot of my questions and then, Obviously, uh, it this is kind of just just like we're at a show talking with each other. There's nothing. Yeah, like that. That's what I like about this is being uh, such good friends with everybody and just being being able to sit down and just do a podcast and it feel like we haven't missed a beat and yep. everything. So, and Probably Logan has one of the best card pops in the game. Let me give him a shout out to that man. Uh, you can tell why Logan's so polite because he's a he's yeah, a good Joe, man. Joe smoked old D Rod at the Black Friday show. I made sure <laughs> made sure D Rod heard about that. 
Uh, I'm still waiting for the unreleased one-on-one basketball footage, but we'll leave that for a different. That'll never happen. I can promise you that. That was embarrassing. (laughs) But I will say like at the end of the show, if you pay $90 for a table, you really, uh, my only expectation is after the show that you clean up your trash. But I mean, that man, while you're making final deals is like folding up chairs, carrying tables to the lobby. I'm like, that's pretty classy stuff. So I, I appreciate him. (laughs) Yeah, he's a he's a legend, that's for sure. Yeah. Or he likes to think so, at least. <laughs> well, I appreciate I made episode number four. That's I think that was I'm trying to think of a famous cold. I think that was Jim Harbaugh's number, so that makes that that'll work yeah. for me. All right, uh, we're ending it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should add me on number five for Anthony Richardson. Maybe I'll come back for 12 and 18 for Luck and Manning. But yeah, just let me know, guys. I'm always on call. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, joining us. And thank you to everybody that's listening on Spotify or YouTube. Um, I know it's not just me saying this. I know everybody that's listening to this or watching this um, on YouTube or Spotify. Uh, Brad, we appreciate you very, very much as a person, show promoter, card collector, uh, father, man, everything. You are a absolute blessing to a lot of people, including myself and Joe. So um, thank you for coming on and talking to us about shows and collecting, how you got collecting and everything. It's uh, It's something that we wanted to really do and uh get people out there that a lot of the hobby does don't know about you're pretty popular i guess i mean um you are the first guest so uh uh, we we just appreciate you hopping on and talking with us and talking cards and everything and we we truly appreciate everything that you do no i appreciate you guys you i'm not just saying it to say it you as a dealer and as a as a visitor it's just nice to know that certain people will be there and have your back and um, just appreciate both you guys. So thank you. Absolutely. All right. I think that's a wrap. Like Logan said, um, thank you, Brad, for taking time out of your day for, for us and for the podcast. We uh, truly appreciate it. Can't thank you enough for that. No problem. No problem. When you guys drop it, I'll, I'll put it on my story and, post it and all that kind of thing. I really appreciate it. And you guys have a good chemistry together. So hopefully you can catch some fire and get a good following and monetize this bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, and great video on black Friday. I really enjoyed watching that outside. Of, oh, thank I, you. I, I never want to see Jeremy Bachman kissing anyone, but outside of that, it was really good. I, did she keep that in there? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I haven't it's even like watched the, it yet. It's in the first like 30 seconds. No, I, I like Jeremy. I really oh. like Jeremy. He's, he's literally lived. I didn't he know she kept that in there. That's funny. Yeah, I like him a lot. And uh, he's from Chipshawana. I don't know if you know that. That's his home. That's yep. where he grew up. So, yep. But I'll let you guys have your night back. Yep. No problem. Thank you guys. Um, and thank you, Brad, again. Uh, Thank everybody for watching and we'll see you guys in the next one.